As we all know, the Florida Gators have lost Patrick Tony and William Piegler to the NFL, but how does that impact recruiting for 2023 and 2024? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Locked On's recruiting insider. And yes, once again, he's here. This is also now your fourth episode of Locked On Gators in 24 hours, which is great. And it's the ninth week in a row that you're here, if I'm doing that right. Yes, gang, gang, always. I could totally say that. Um, But (laughs) before we get into it, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply and john um quiet quiet in gainesville right now really nothing going on um but before we talk anything really specific with everything that happened in florida in the past 24 hours patrick tony is gone and before we talk about 2024 i wanted to ask about the impact it has on 2023 commits and even the 2022 guys really because i'm certain that so much of their recruiting at least on the defensive side of the ball was and shamar james even said you know like patrick tony showed me exactly how he wanted to use me he showed me the whole plan for my development and all that and and now patrick tony's gone and these 2023 kids who just got on campus like a month ago now don't have the co-defensive coordinator, defensive play caller, and safeties coach that they committed to. So what impact does that have on the young guys who are already in Gainesville? Yeah, it's it's tough, obviously, right? I mean, you you sign a letter of intent for Florida over who knows how many others with this grouping in mind. But it's also kind of not a surprise, right? This is kind of the nature of of college football, right? Georgia's going through this with their offensive coordinator change. We saw a turnover. I mean, look, I mean, Florida just pulled a guy who just got hired by Alabama like the other day. So all this turnover happens a plenty this time of year beyond national signing day and ahead of spring practice. So unfortunately it's, it's not something that's just going to stop happening across the sport. But of course, personally, especially those 23 kids, you felt the connection there. And that's part of the reason why you picked Florida in the first place. So I think with those guys that are already on campus in particular, look, you kind of, you kind of already there, right? So you got to sit down and, and inherit the new staff or the new makeup shakeup, however it looks at the end of the day and give that group of coaches the benefit of the doubt. You're already there. You've already begun your, your Gator uh, collegiate career. Uh, you've got to see it through at least, through spring practice and it will obviously be a critical run of practices because now now you're implementing a new system theoretically but you're also meeting this new person that's going to be in charge of what you're doing on a given play so yeah i think everyone on both sides of this of this equation are going to be doing some due diligence uh, over the next few weeks and months and then you can kind of reassess thereafter so for the kids that are arriving in the summer, a bit of a different situation. Obviously, you'll try to meet the new DC and, and talk to them as much as possible, uh, depending on how the staff 
uh, shakes out. Uh, but it's the same deal. You've already signed that letter of intent. So it's a, it's a hurdle and a half to try to get out of it, barring a crazy NIL situation or a head coach uh, situation. So naturally it's something that you just kind of have to eat and inherit and deal with uh, as, as a young adult, right. As, as, as a young man, entering uh college life it's just one of those things that uh happens across the country and you you've got to double down and, and deal with it as they say um of course there's always an avenue out uh but it's it's rarely that simple b it's never oh man my my position coach my coordinator left so i'm out 100 right now you know there's always kind of this grace period and i think most of these recruits or, or freshmen are in that boat right now yeah, and I, I will ask this because I don't personally have an issue with it, but I know that I got a comment about it earlier today uh, or at the time that you're listening to this yesterday, but it was how can you recruit all these kids and then just leave? And I don't I don't have an issue with it because to me, it's the nature of the beast. Like you're coming to play college football, especially in the SEC with a young coordinator. Like there's always a chance he leaves. And if the logic is how can you recruit these kids and then leave, then nobody would ever leave unless they're fired. So, so that's how kind of I, I take the approach to it. But I'm curious if if I'm in the wrong or if it's just you know different schools of thought. Look, if if it was for another college gig, I'd, I'd have a little bit more understanding. But the NFL calendar is so different than the college calendar, right? The NFL has has only added and extended their season. So, I mean, the Super Bowl. We're recording this on the 22nd. The Super Bowl is 10 days ago. So all these new coaching staffs that were waiting on that game to end, Arizona being one of them, you had to wait until that point to then start to finalize the hiring process at the very top. And then, of, of course, after that, these coaches have to fill out their staffs. Um, so you, it's hard to blame somebody making that jump up to the NFL, even if it wasn't planned. You know, you don't know who's going to target you. It's not as it's not as planned as folks make it seem to be. You know, a lot of these coaches, of course, have their ideal candidates if they ever get a head coaching gig. And then you, you start to vet those candidates and go from there. Um, so obviously, Tony's got uh, a vast experience, you know, to his name. And, and that's something that resonated with a young up and coming staff there that that's going to be in Arizona. So it's just, again, the timelines are so different. You know, the, the college football playoff is in early January. The Super Bowl is more than a month after that, you know? So it's just in that time, so much can happen and an entire signing day happens in February. So it's unfortunate. It definitely hurts the kids, but um, it's, it's part of the business that that is part of the reason why everybody is placing higher expectations on these, these athletes in college, because it's, it's a business. Every element of the business is, is something that could potentially affect them. That's why compensation and so many other elements have been, you know, rewarded uh, in that direction. So yeah, you can't get that attached. Everybody tells you that. Um, yes, you you commit to people and coaching staffs more than programs, but that's why you have a primary recruiter and then a secondary recruiter and then a positional recruiter and then a coordinator and then a head coach. There's a, a group of people that bring you to a school. It's rarely one coach that that handles all. Of, of the processes there so that there's there is a little bit of kind of insurance from billy napier on down to to combat some of of the natural feels and, and knee-jerk reactions when something like this happens um because at the end of the day it looks good on billy right his staff was plucked for for an open nfl gig so um it, it's 
it's just the nature of the beast. And, and the sooner everybody realizes that, the easier it is to digest because that's not going to change as long as these timelines are so different. Yeah, uh, I had someone ask me, why is this all happening to Florida now? And it's like, because Jonathan Gannon got hired last week. That, that, that's why That's why this is all happening now, because it wasn't a possibility until last week. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 of bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And the NBA comes back tonight, thankfully, so you can start betting on that again. We We can stop losing money to college overs because i don't like betting unders i don't want to bet on things to not happen but you can make your bets don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more moving on to 2024 a little bit how does it impact the 2024 guys that are committed so far to to lose one of the guys that were recruiting you because we talked about 2023 guys you're already there you're you're kind of uh, uh, s out of luck for lack of better. It's term, harder right? to move, right? Hundred yeah. percent. Um, so how does that impact the 2024 guys? Like obviously at this point it's just Miles Graham and Adarius Hayes, but but you've committed to Patrick Tony and his staff, and now there could be some changes there going on. Yeah, obviously it's a whole different situation for this group of prospects in the 24 class still navigating the process nothing is signed so your verbal commitment is just that it's a promise that you will sign a letter of intent to play for uf um but look both of those guys in particular have a ton of ties to florida itself not just patrick tony you know so i do think that if you do have a group of guys on board right now it's kind of ideal that they have florida ties as much as they have ties to any one specific coach um you know you never know when the messaging was delivered hey appreciate you committing to us but i'm going to move on to the nfl obviously all in the last day or so um but those kids are going to pause right you know miles graham's going to pause and just kind of take a breath and see where things stand but obviously he's a gator legacy you know i think he was the first commit for this class of 24 so he's been set on florida for quite some time for reasons beyond Patrick Tony, even though he might've been a big part of that. And then for Adarius Hayes, kind of the opposite, doesn't have the family ties to UF, but the geographical ties and the familiarity with Florida is, is, is right there for him. So again, similar deal, you know, a lot of people viewed his recruitment as a matter of when he'd pick Florida, not if, and those, those recruitments stretch beyond one person, even if it was Billy Napier, let's say, it can stretch beyond one person. Um, so I do think that it's it's a bit of a pause for those guys. It could open the door for other programs to feel like they've got a, a better chance at changing one of these guys' minds. So you're going to feel more phone calls. You're going to have to deal with it a bit more. But conversely, a Florida staff is doubling down on those guys as well to, to make sure or reassure them that their spot is safe, their plan, their, their trajectory, all of the things that were communicated – are still in play for Florida. So uh, you can never, you can never talk about recruiting in um, in an extreme or a black and white sense that something will or will not happen hundred percent. But uh, I would assume both of these guys stay put for now, 
kind of take their breath, uh, obviously field as many phone calls as they want and kind of go from there. But the timing of this is, again, very normal, something we see every single year. And you've got a lot of opportunities for these guys to get back to Gainesville going forward, whether it's spring practice, summer official visits, and obviously the season itself to double and triple down on that reassurance that the plan is very much the same as they develop a relationship with uh, some of the new coaches on the roster. And speaking of new coach here, Austin Armstrong has already been hired as the new defensive coordinator. We don't know. I'm assuming he's going to be co-DC and and a position, but we'll see because he is a linebacker coach throughout his career. But he is thought of as more aggressive, or not even thought of. He's proven he's more aggressive because while he was just hired as the inside linebackers coach for Alabama and then Florida just, you know, like six seconds later, uh, he was – previously the youngest defensive coordinator in all of FBS football with Southern Miss. And he had one of the most aggressive defenses in football, very similar schematically to Patrick Tony, but with a little, a a few twists here, including the eighth highest blitz rate in FBS with a 40% blitz rate, including the inside linebacker where last week we spoke about miles Graham and his play style. And if I'm not mistaken, part of what you brought up was his ability as an off ball blitzer an off-ball pass rusher Adarius Hayes is commonly listed as an edge by places even though he's played off-ball linebacker and the plan at least when he committed was that he's going to be used as an off-ball linebacker does having Austin Armstrong as a very aggressive defensive coordinator actually kind of help both of those guys who are thought of as pass rushers or blitzers where you might be in coverage more with Patrick Tony, but now, hey, man, you're going to be in the trenches doing the dirty work. Absolutely. And the timing of it, right? It, it was all in one motion, right? Tony's out, Armstrong is in. So all of that stuff can, you know, those that uncertainty doesn't exist, right? Oh, who's going to be the new DC? What is the defense going to look like? Um, is my spot secure? All of those questions are getting answered right now in real time for, for those guys and other Uh, players on the current roster and potential future roster simultaneously so I do think obviously it's a tough scenario in general but the response and the timing of the response is about as ideal as it gets Um, obviously Armstrong incredibly familiar with Billy Napier uh, and had staggering success as a DC as you mentioned at USM not only one of the highest blitz rates but top five in sacks and production the production is there for for this this defense and there's not a linebacker in the galaxy brandon that doesn't want to blitz all the time every linebacker thinks they're elite pass rushers just as much as every pass rusher thinks they could drop into space and and, and impact the passing game so that will absolutely not be an issue when graham and hayes get on the horn if they haven't already with armstrong Uh, that's something that should resonate with them And, and look positionally those are your defensive commitments like you said, Armstrong's a linebackers guy anyway. So I do think in the short term, that's about as ideal a turnaround from both a timing positional perspective as, as you could have hoped for. So I do think that pushes you again to think the benefit of the doubt is going to be with Florida in maintaining these verbal commitments, however early it may seem. And just shifting a little bit to now you've got a few coaching vacancies. You've got safety. We don't know what's going to happen. But one of the possibilities is that Corey Raymond, who is currently the Florida Gators cornerbacks coach, is going to become the secondary coach, defensive backs, whatever you want to call it. If you're 
you know, six feet tall and 200 pounds, he's going to be your boss. That That's how we're going to look at it. Um, what kind of advantage or disadvantage is that for Florida on the trail if Corey Raymond does take over as secondary coach? Because when he's recruiting safeties, he can look at them and say, hey, you know, my proven track record as a great cornerbacks coach, I'm now going to be coaching you as well. Or, and there's also, I guess, the downside of if you're a cornerback, another school can, I guess, uh, negatively recruit and say, hey, he's not going to have as much time for you anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's a tough one, right? Because, look, a lot of the DBs are overlapping anyway, whether it's the meeting rooms, uh, certainly what they do in individual and practice sessions every single day. Uh, so, look, Corey Raymond's always had his, his fingerprints uh, on, on this uh, roster and certainly the scheme w- within it uh, with with his track record. So I think I tend to think the more the merrier for Corey Raymond. He's one of those guys that uh, the more titles you can throw his way, the better it may seem, the more stable his his tenure may be. I mean, he was at LSU for so long and, you know, folks were trying to poach him every single year, but they kept throwing tags and titles on him to, to hold on there. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if Florida did something similar. He's obviously been around long enough that he knows exactly what he wants throughout his defense. Um, I'd be curious to see um, how he overlaps with Austin Armstrong. That will be fascinating. I'm sure Armstrong is is going to you know yield some to Corey Raymond. Uh, we, we tend to look at these relationships as like a hierarchy, and it's never that simple. Um, even head coaches, coordinators will will, will yield uh, in certain situations. It's not as um, you know, kind of medieval, I guess, as as we make it seem to be uh, from from a title perspective, but it helps your pocketbooks and and look, it helps it helps with recruiting and retention, and that's obviously important to Billy Napier. Corey Raymond's one of the most notable position recruiters in the country, re- regardless of position. So I, I do think it could help recruiting and the secondary simultaneously. The more access, I guess, he has to the entirety of the secondary. Um, but obviously there's, there's an opening there uh, as well uh, with one on-field coach TBD with what Florida is doing um, going forward here. So we'll see how that works out, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk negatively about adding responsibilities or titles to, to a guy like Corey Raymond. I think it'd be near ideal unless he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And to wrap up, we've got Patrick Tony gone to the Arizona Cardinals. We've got William Piegler, gone to the Arizona Cardinals. So if you are an Arizona Cardinals fan and you're watching this, um, I hate you and and your organization. Um, just so you know. You, you specifically, like as a person. Yeah, and yeah, also the like, like you listening, I hate you and I blame you for it. Um, but now that you've lost these coaches to the NFL, if you're Florida, how different is that as opposed to losing them to another school because this isn't hey patrick tony is now the head coach at whatever university or he's the dc fully at whatever university this is he's no longer in the picture same thing with william piegler so you don't have to worry about that uh, uh I'll, I'll say poaching i don't know if that's the right term but i'll say poaching so how different is that now where that's not a concern for you like it could be with so many other schools losing a guy to a promotion yeah, it's a really, really good point. From a recruiting perspective, it's it's night and day. When when a coach leaves your post and heads to another with a larger title, coordinator, head coach, whatever it is, naturally, of course, you're kind of you're you're worried about your own belongings, right? Because because that coach helped cultivate what you have. Um, so yeah, that's out the window completely. Now, again, other schools will feel like the door 
is a little open, you know, so and, and they're both blue chip players, right? So they're going to get overtures anyway, um, and they'll increase anyway in, in the short term. But yeah, long term, it's not the guy you've already committed to is now at a new post and he wants you to, to kind of follow him over. We see it every cycle. These coaches make moves and, and players uh, on the current roster and recruits alike follow them in very short order. So yeah, this would have been a much larger recruiting concern if Tony was hired at, I don't know, Tennessee or Kentucky or, or somewhere in the footprint that could affect you um, both now and into the future. But yeah, this is a totally different deal. Um, again, if anything, it's a feather in the cap for Billy Napier. Um, and the timing of of his response, I think, is is important here uh, because it, it reassures these recruits that um, everything's good. Everything's good and, and everybody's moving forward ahead of, of spring ball here in the next few weeks. So the timing is still good for Florida with all of these changes, um, but it's never going to slow down other schools. It's, it's recruiting in this era um, it could be signing day tomorrow and other schools will still, you know, be working a miles Graham or an Adarius Hayes because they're blue chip recruits that could help your defense. So that's something you have to deal with anyway, but certainly you'd rather it be an, a college to NFL jump than, than a lateral move to, to a rival that, that is now trying to pull you away. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, that, that, that's it. So thank you so much, John, for joining, uh, again, catch John all over the locked on college channel. Locked on podcast network. We'll have them wherever we can. Um, I, it's weird that you have Bryce QB one in the background. Uh, Bryce Thornton is a safety. If you um, <laughs> yes, so, yes. so it, it's interesting that you have that one. But <laughs> he could throw it. He could spin it a little bit. All right, watch him. Watch. Him. Uh, all right. Hey, maybe you know better than I do. But thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me.